You are listening to episode 19 of the Ball Blab podcast. I interview the host of Iggy Sports Talk and co-host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, Jake Ignazuski, and talk about our reactions and predictions about the World Series. Alrighty, I am back with Jake Ignazuski of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. So Jake, welcome back. Appreciate it, Jason. Happy to be back. Thanks so much for inviting me back on. So... Last time we talked a little socks. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the World Series and all the excitement that's going on. So the Philadelphia Phillies currently have a one nothing lead over the Houston Astros. Um, kind of want to go back to pre-World Series and talk about the teams individually before we dive deep a little bit. Let's start with Philadelphia. Um, just a simple question. What do you like out of Philadelphia and what do you think is going to have to stick out for them to win the World Series? The thing that I really like about Philadelphia, and I think this is what separated them from a lot of different teams in the playoffs, is the energy that they play with. Now, you can really look at the defensive metrics and uh, look at their inability to play effective defense, but that offense and that lineup is just so stacked that, uh, especially when they're hot, which they've been for majority of these playoffs uh they're able to just really beat you down and it was a perfect example in last night's game one of the world series of you know doesn't matter if they're down five nothing they're going to find ways to get back and uh also the other thing that i really like about them is they have a really good uh pitching rotation and bullpen as well a lot of different options in there a lot of different ways to attack uh different hitters and um i think that really gives them a great advantage and you know despite you know uh philadelphia in my opinion t- taking uh dancing on my own which i was i was a little bit upset about at the beginning uh when i first saw it um it it is cool to see you know the energy of philadelphia um after they they went through all those years of rebuilding and now they're finally back sort of at the top of the league yeah i relate this team to you know last year's red sox who they didn't win the division You know, quite frankly, they were playing in a very competitive division with the Mets and Braves. They snuck in as that, what, fifth spot? I Mm -hmm. can't remember. One of the wild card spots. They're the Cinderella story of the year, and they're going up against none other than the Houston Astros, the third NL East team in four years to play the Houston Astros in the World Series. Speaking of the Astros, you know, until last night, they hadn't lost a playoff game, and a lot of statistics indicated that you know, Houston might lose this one because they've never won a World Series game one. Kind of want your insight on this. What do you like about the Astros? Well, you know, you you brought up that they hadn't lost uh, yet in these playoffs. And really, when you play as many games uh, in the MLB postseason, it's bound to happen at some point. Uh, And I think the one thing with the Astros is that they're just the most complete team in the majors right now. Uh, At at the beginning of of the postseason, um, in my mind, I picked them to win the World Series just because not only did they have a stacked lineup, a stacked rotation, but a lockdown and elite bullpen. And uh, it really doesn't matter who's on the mound for Houston uh, any given day. They're going to attack you and they're going to give you efficient and consistent innings. And uh, I think it's really remarkable uh, what Houston has been able to do uh, ever since the sign stealing scandal, being able to, you know, fill in spots like shortstop after Carlos Correa left with Jeremy Pena, center field after Springer left. 
left with uh, Jazz McCormick. And they, they really have a lot of underrated players uh, that don't get talked about a ton. You know, obviously you have the Justin Verlander, you have the Alex Bregman, you have the Jose Altuve. But uh, it's really been incredible to see guys like Jeremy Pena as well as, you know, Luis Garcia. People forget about that 18 inning uh, game against Seattle. It, it, who who knows what could have happened in that ALDS um, if if that went otherwise. And so uh, I think that Houston is, is just the most complete team in the majors right now. And uh, I I think the big thing for them this year is uh, if they really want to call uh, these last five years a dynasty, they need to win the World Series. Now you, you can get to the you can get to the World Series, you can get to the ALCS all you want, and and that's very impressive. But uh, unless you win it, uh, that's when you fully cement yourself in in history as a dynasty. Absolutely, I was about to touch up on you know you can say all you want about the sign stealing scandal on how Houston's a cheater. They have recovered. Right. Dusty Baker has done an excellent job in his role, fulfilling all the crap that he had to, you know all the crap that was thrown, getting thrown at him. Mm-hmm. Making the World Series two consecutive years, that's just remarkable. And I, wa- I really want to see him get a ring. Me too. Um, and like you said, you can never... The Astros are the you know b- most complete team. I totally agree with that. You can never have too much pitching in, playoff, in the playoffs mm-hmm. at all. I mean, look at, like you said, the 18-inning game. Starters got to step up. But relievers... Gotta say, you know, I know I pitched 40 this past start or this past relief outing. I can pitch again today. Yeah, exactly. That's very key. That's very key when it comes to the playoffs. Um, this is this next question is kind of t- uh, tied toward the Red Sox mm-hmm. and Dave Dombrowski. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, look at Heim Bloom. He's not in the playoffs. But look at Dave Dombrowski. He's back in the playoffs with the Philadelphia Phillies. Do you think Sox fans have the right not to be angry at that because of the whole, you know, Dave Dombrowski situation that went on and the firing of him. I think uh, it was the best move for both sides. And, uh, you know, it, it did come out, you know, a few days ago that Dombrowski wasn't happy with how his tension with the, with the Red Sox really ended. He felt like the organization um, didn't treat him right. And I, in my mind, I, I think that um, it's unrealistic to, you know, tie those two situations together. Uh, the Red Sox were in a situation, you know, going into 2019. And it really showed uh, that they needed to not only recoup uh, their farm system, but sort of offload some of those big contracts and sort of and sort of reset their payroll. And, uh, you know, the Phillies were in a situation where they were coming off of a rebuild, had a lot of different guys who were trying to develop and um, si- signing different free agents as well. And um, they, they already had Bryce Harper. They already had their leader there. And uh, really, in my opinion, all Dave Dombrowski really did uh, out- outside of some of the other moves is, uh, you know, sign Kyle Schwarber and throw money at Nick Castellanos. And uh, in my opinion, I-, I don't I don't think that, um, you know, he, he is 100% the reason why they're, they're in the position that they are right now. He definitely did a lot of different things um, during his time with the, with the Phillies so far to help them get there. And it, it's absolutely remarkable what they've been able to do this year, having a losing record in the first 40 games, firing Joe Girardi. That was a very good move by him uh, in, in changing managers and changing voices in the clubhouse. But uh, I, I think that it's an unrealistic assessment for Red Sox fans to, you know, compare the two situations because, um, you know, especially with 
what the team was going into with Boston going into this year. It was sort of a reset year, despite them uh, making it to the ALCS and two wins away from the World Series last year. And, you know, despite it being uh, a sort of disappointment uh, for the Red Sox, I think that they're going to be um, back in contention and back in the playoffs next season. And uh, I, I also believe that, especially with how Dave Dombrowski builds these franchises, you can look at all you want in the present, but once you start to look into the future and look at in three years for the Philadelphia Phillies, they're going to have a very tough time uh, being able to consistently contend. And I wouldn't be surprised if in three to four years we see them rebuilding. Absolutely. You know, I, I look at this year and I say 2018 sucks. Who knows? Other than like a Cinderella story, you know, we were the best team in baseball all year and we won it all. And his philosophy is like, you know, if you have a good man or a good owner who wants to spend money mm-hmm. and you have a team who is really not yet proven, he's the guy for you. Yep. He gives you like, I don't know, two, three, four, maybe five years. Then he kind of depletes your farm system as we saw. And then Bloom right now for us is trying to rebuild and for a Sox team that'll be good for generations um, among generations. Um, kind of on the same note of Dave Dombrowski and um, free agents, you have a lot of free agents like Noah Syndergaard, Gene Segura, Aaron Nola, um, Corey Knable. You know, the outcome of the World Series might dictate the future of these guys and maybe the future of the franchise. So do you think if the Phillies do end up losing, do you think you see the Phillies go on a decline because there's so many notable free agents? You know, the Phillies really remind me of the Mets as well. Both of those teams were very good this season and have a lot of players uh, off of the books going into 2023. And, you know, I I, I think that uh, I trust Dave in, in his decision making, um, you know, despite um, – despite sort of the things that people said about his tension with the Red Sox and how they disagreed with him. Um, you know, he, he knows how to build, build winning franchises. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he, he's, he has a lot of different decisions for the future. And, you know, maybe uh, especially with a guy like Sam Fold, who's a little bit more analytically inclined and has a little bit more of a focus on that sort of future and is a much younger executive. Um, he'll help him sort of start to plan for, um, you know, 2024 beyond. And I think, I think this is a really good reset for the Phillies and, you know, these decisions will really tell if, you know, the past comment that I, that I just recently made of them having to rebuild in three or four years becomes a reality. And uh, I think that, um, it, it would it wouldn't be uh, smart for them to do similar what they did with Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos hand out multiple hundred million dollar contracts. They also have Zach Wheeler still in the books, despite him being a massive help for them to be able to get to the World Series this past season. He's very undervalued with the contract that they originally gave him. And also, you also got to remember the $300 million that they gave to Bryce Harper as well. That's that's a lot of money on the books. And so uh, if the Phillies continue to keep on handing out these $100 million contracts, uh, the Phillies are going to be in a much worse situation than the Red Sox were after 2019. And so, you know, despite 
uh, you know, a lot of question marks for the Phillies going into 2023, just like it is for the Red Sox. I think it's a great reset year. And I, I think it's a great time for them to really figure out who is the future of this franchise, who's going to be able to help us get back to the World Series in 2023 and 2024, maybe 2025. And uh, I, I'm very curious to see how Dave really goes about it. But um, he's very smart in building now but he just needs to uh, work on a little bit more of uh, starting to plan for the future. Yeah, you know, you learn from three other different franchises, you know, you might as well hopefully learn your lessons there to apply, you know, the stuff you did wrong to fix it with the mm-hmm. Phillies. That was a weird way. Of, that was a weird way of saying it. But, well, I'll never forget um, like the Miguel Cabrera trade in, in Florida right after they went to the world after right after they won the World Series. And then you can even look at Detroit too. He did an amazing job building the Detroit teams despite them yes. going to the World Series and not ultimately winning it. But you look at what uh Alex Avila or um not Alex Avila, Alex Avila's dad, I'm blanking on his first name. Um but he, he the general man the former general manager for the Tigers, he just had to go through a whole rebuild and you know he he didn't he didn't maybe make the right decisions and that's why they had to sort of fire him this past season and that's why they weren't able to fully contend after having a four year rebuild but that's just sort of what seems to happen after Dombrowski makes a lot of his interesting moves is that teams have to go on a long long uh, rebuild to get back and sort of reset not only their payroll but their farm system and especially when you look at Philly you know he he came in with Philly having a bad farm system I believe they're like 25 26th and so I don't I don't really see it getting too too much better if they continue to win but they, they really got to start putting a focus on them exactly my my philosophy is you don't want the best farm system but you also don't want the worst right. you want to be right in the middle where, you know, you have some guys who, yes, this is our future. Then you have some guys that are like trade bait, mm-hmm. you know. He doesn't fit with our future. I feel like you need to be in the middle. That's the sweet spot. Um, That's all I had for the, you know, pre-World Series. Now let's t- discuss a little bit about maybe what everyone else is coming to watch for. The World Series Game 1 and Game 2. Game 1 yesterday, my oh my, Jake. That was a crazy game. Nick, talk about Talk about Houston almost winning on two bloop singles, but you know, you talked about defense. Castellanos probably made the catch of his life right there. That was you unreal. Uh, and and it was pretty crazy as well to you know see him him all laid out on the grass, just like fully realizing what he just did and uh, being able to save the game right there. But uh, it was pretty it was pretty incredible to see the flip of the switch from Justin Verlander in the first four innings to you know the fifth inning or so. He had a no-hitter going into the fifth inning and then uh, gets blown up a little bit. But he continues uh, his, his struggles in the World Series. I saw a stat uh, d- during the game. He, he was 0-6 going into this World Series start uh, during his appearances um, in, the, in the biggest stage uh, in the majors. But I, I think what we saw last night really just shows it doesn't matter how stacked and complete of a team Houston is. Philly is always going to find a way to come back if they can with the energy that they have, with the talent that they have, with how hot they are right now. And that's the biggest thing with, with playoffs is it's it, all that matters is who's the hottest at the moment. And it, it's Philly. And 
I think as well, especially when you have a lot of different guys that you can rely on in that lineup to really be able to give you the hit when you need it most. You got Kyle Schwarber, you got Nick Castellanos, you got Bryce Harper, and the one who ultimately did make the game winner, JT Realmuto. And, you know, he also hit hit a double, went two for four, three RBIs, and also with that game-winning home run. But uh, they just have so many guys that they're able to, you know, rely on to be able to get them back into a game. And so uh, I, I think for the rest of the series, uh, Houston's now up and Houston now has a lot to um, get back. They, they have to win game two. They got to get the momentum they back. And uh, especially with them losing at home in game one, um, they can't continue the, the struggles that they've seen in the World Series like we've seen the past few years. Definitely. You know, you got to recover from the Atlanta series because especially the national series, they were the Astros were definitely the favorites for both of those series. Yeah. Houston cannot go down 2-0 going to Philadelphia. I'm going to be completely honest. I cannot see Houston winning if they go down 2-0. That atmosphere yeah. in Philadelphia, we, we've seen it. Insane against the Padres. Wow. They're insane. And you, you kind of talked about, you know, the, the Phillies are going to find a way to win no matter the lead, no matter how far, no matter the deficit. Mm-hmm. They're... There is a saying that's like, no lead is safe in the World Series. I don't know who said that, but I <laughs> completely stand by that. No lead. You can be up you can be up 10 nothing, and that's not safe. We saw the Mariners. I know it's the playoffs, but we've seen the Mariners come back from seven runs down. You can ultimately never have a lead too big. That leads into Phillies pitching, which is kind of question mark. You know, we saw Ranger Suarez come into the seventh inning and only pitch two thirds of an inning, which mm-hmm. I would, Jake, I was very shocked on that move by Philadelphia. What do you think on that? Do you, do you, did you agree with that move putting him in? I, I think with, with, it was probably a matchup thing. And also uh, they just wanted to get out of the inning um, with, with, with different relievers. That's the one thing that I think, uh, you know, Rob Thompson's is really going to have to, um, figure out is is how he wants to use his relievers um because you want you don't you don't want to overuse them and you want to be able to keep keep them strong and and be able to use them throughout the different games in the series because you really have no clue how long this world series is going to go so in the back of your mind you just need to live in the moment and make the best decision that you can for that moment and for that situation. And so I, I think, especially with that, um, I think it was more of a matchup thing and just trying to get out of the inning. But uh, that that's the one thing when you look at Houston's bullpen and their pitching staff compared to Philadelphia's, Houston has a lot more dogs. They have a lot more guys that they can rely on and, and that, you know, they can feel comfortable shutting the door when needed. And in Philly, it's, it's not, it's not that as much of a case. Uh, but I, I think, um, I think tonight's going to be really exciting uh, with Framber Valdez and Zach Wheeler on the mound. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I said to bet the under last night and boy, was I wrong, but I, I think, I think tonight might, might be a good, might be good for, for the under uh, because both of these pitchers have just been lights out so far. It's been a playoffs dominated by pitching. The offense has been very much down. I, I'm i going to say this is probably a pitcher's duel tonight. And I'll, I'm gonna, I can't imagine Philly winning again. Or I, I can, but I think, I think Houston wins. You know, Dusty Baker has got to set the mentality. It's like, hey, you want to go 2-0 down in this place? Let's, mm-hmm. let's get one game and make this a series. Dusty Baker's done a good job, I think, over his 
time and doing stuff like that, you know, especially especially when he played against Boston last year. Down 2-0, or sorry, 2-1, seemingly there's no it was not looking good for the Astros. But Dusty Baker was the guy who I think turned it around. I feel I have a feeling he was that guy. But we'll see about tonight. But yeah, any any other comments you got? I mean, I, I'm very curious to see sort of how the pitching matchups um, sort of aligned specifically with Philadelphia. You know, they got Nola and Wheeler as their top two dogs. Then they got Ranger Suarez and then Noah Syndergaard as well. Kyle Gibson as well. But uh, I, I'm curious to see how, how they really match up um, the pitching duels uh, as, as well as, you know, a guy like Aaron Nola. Uh, he, he uh, outside of Wheeler's, is the top of this Phillies rotation. He's the longest tensured um, Philadelphia Philly on this current roster. Wow. And I think, especially with his last two starts, about five last night, a lot six before, he really needs to step it up. And, you know, he went through this whole rebuild with Philly and has been waiting for this opportunity to be at the top on the biggest stage of the majors. And I think, you know, if Philly really wants to win this thing, they can go up, they can go up 2-0 all they want or 3-0 all they want. But if you if you put Aaron Nola in the situation where, you know, the Astros already understand how to attack him, you know, he, he needs to find a way to not allow um, you know, four to four to five runs. He he, need, he needs to shut him down and, you know, max like two to three because uh he, he really put them in a he really put Philly in a tough position last night. Thank God the offense was able to come up clutch um as they have been all throughout this postseason and they were able to squeak one out. But I think that's gonna be the biggest factor and um, you know, as as well as you you know, the 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 bullpen depth of, of Philadelphia as well. You know, I think especially with how stacked and we of Houston's bullpen is, um, I think that they have the upper hand on this one. Um, but at the end of the day, all, all that matters is, is what do you do in this moment and who comes up clutch, whether it's on the pitching side or it's whether it's on the offensive side. And uh, I, I think uh, especially, you know, as you mentioned, I think tonight is really going to set the stage for, uh, you know, the energy and atmosphere that we see in Philadelphia in game three. And, uh, you know, it, it could, it could really put uh, Houston in a bind, but I'm somebody who's, I'm, I'm not really rooting for anybody in this, in this, uh, world series i don't know about you i would love to see dusty baker and bryce harper win a world series i think it would also be cool for houston to win once to sort of silence the 2017 haters uh but i i think i, I would love to see this go to a game seven i always love when series get get down to the final game because um, I'll never forget that Chicago Cubs and uh, Cleveland Indians uh, series when the Cubs were able to break the 108-year curse. Uh, even even though I wasn't ruined for either team, um, I was just super excited to see the outcome. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not rooting for any team right now, but here's what I will say. I always set a, a winner for the World Series this year, or every year. I don't know why I said this year. This year, I truly think the Phillies are going to win. And I'll give you why. I'm not rooting for them, but here's why. Their bullpen depth might be thin as you go down and down the gas, you know. But their offense has been explosive. They've been so clutch. Put so many, so many clutched Harper. Clutch. Mm -hmm. Heck, Reese Hoskins, we saw him very clutch. And I mentioned before, this is a playoffs dominated by pitching you're gonna need an offense to step up against that great pitching now i'm not saying that you know they're gonna absolutely demolish 
the Astros pitching. Not at all. I I actually don't think it's going to be as explosive as we saw last night. I know that was very poorly said, but I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah, I, I would love to see the seven games, and um, I think I think especially for for both of these teams uh, and their ability to. Um, you know, re- really write the script and, and and be able to for Philly um, get to the point where they've been trying to get to since back in 20, 2009, 2010, after their whole rebuild and for Houston uh, to finally get that World Series um, after all of these times getting their shot to win it. Uh, I think I think both of these teams have, have a lot of different um, factors or motivating factors. And, um, you know, I'm very curious to see um who continues to come up clutch? You know, we saw Kyle Tucker last night. We saw JT Romuto as well. Um, you know, we saw Jeremy Pena in the ALCS. Uh, I, I think I think we're going to continue to see guys um, on each roster that we don't 100% expect to come up clutch in the moment. Um, and I'm excited to see, you know, who that person is. And I, I think it might surprise a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. I, I also won't be too disappointed if, you know, the Astros win it. I'd like to see Dusty Baker finally get a ring as a manager. I think it, it's well deserved. It would be well mm-hmm. deserved. That's what I'd say. 100%. And, and that would also, you know, definitely cement him as a Hall of Famer. Yes. Um, because I, I think that's the one thing that, you know, people have, have put a lot on him, especially in his managerial career, is, you know, he can get you to the point where you want to be, but is he able to seal the deal? And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Exactly. Well, Jake... Thank you so much for joining today's episode. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Yep. Absolutely, Jason. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Alrighty. Peace. Sports betting is a tough nut to crack. Breakthrough with sportsbookcheatsheet.com. Sportsbook Cheat Sheet's statisticians give you the edge in football, baseball, golf, and basketball betting. They don't tell you what to do with your money. They do the research, crunch the numbers, and make predictions so you can make the best picks all for less than 20 bucks a month. Register online now or sign up for a free trial at sportsbookcheatsheet.com. That's sportsbookcheatsheet.com. Sportsbook Cheat Sheet. Analytics for an edge.